0: It is week four of the 2023 college football season. This is the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud member of the VSN Collegiate Network. I'm Kelly Ford, and with me, as always, is my co-host and friend, Zach King. Kinger, how are we doing this week? I'm
1: doing great, Kelly. What a week we have in store for us here in week four of the college football season. Arguably the best, maybe the second best weekend of the year. We got six ranked matchups, a ton of good games throughout this entire slate. If you're looking forward when you when we're sitting in the summer looking forward to the college football season, this is a weekend that you just immediately have circled because what we have in store this this weekend is not something that we get too often. And what we're about to be blessed with with some of these games and matchups this weekend, man, you can be more you can be more excited as a college football game. This is absolutely one you spend 14 hours on the couch on Saturday, even starting this week with the Friday night games. You really couldn't ask for a better slate this this weekend than what we got.
0: Yeah, King, we got the Boilers in action this Friday night, hosting the Wisconsin Badgers. Here's how I'll summarize it, King, kind of my excitement for week four. Every single week for the lines.com I write about the three games uh, that have the highest score in my watchability metric. And that's basically what's the average competitiveness and projected quality um, of, of of these games that we're looking at on a college football Saturday slate or on a college football weekend. Last week, King, the number one game registered an eight point nine on a zero to ten scale this week, King, the top four games all register as a 9.0 or better. So basically, there are four games better this week than any games last week from a watchability rating standpoint. We love every single weekend. But yeah, King, there's some big ones this weekend, and we are very much going to get into all of those on the show here this week. I am very excited. Week four, dude, it's a big one, and I'm pumped
1: big one and pretty much top to bottom here you can't go wrong with any of these six games we're about to break down and dissect already looking at some real juicy lines this weekend that I'm pretty excited about personally and the pick 'em I got I got a ways to go in, in that a couple couple pretty soft weeks for me I'm I, I'm I'm quite far down the list in the leaderboard right now so there's definitely some motivation there to to figure out a way to get those going this week but it's not getting easier once again I said that last week we're in for another uh another tough challenge this weekend
0: the thing is, dude, like again, I think I've gone seven and three every single week in the pick'em. And every single week I've missed either my nine or my ten pointer. It's like, dude, come on. So I'm way down there too, King. I got I'm not even on the leaderboard, I don't think, like the front page of it. And the thing is, like I'm not missing a ton of games. I'm just missing the wrong games. And hey, you know what? This is a results-oriented business. We got to get better. That's what we're here to do. But I think, King, before we get into uh, getting into our guest here this week and then also picking these these very juicy week four games, as you talked about there, I think there was a little bit of uh, back and forth that we had on the public platform. You uh, you got some questions about the ratings, maybe, King? I'll, uh, I'll let you kind of set it up here for us. What are we talking about right now?
1: Yeah. So I, I think this is a good segue here, Kelly. And, and and to start, this is not something that we've done a whole lot previously on the on, on the podcast, but I think it's time that we included a discussion around the K-4 ratings. And quite frankly, I think this is something that we need to do more, right? We've done a good job rem- referencing them on some of our live shows later in the year, but these weekly rating conversations, I think we've got to start bringing in some segments on this because I think it's a great conversation starter. And I think there's a lot can, that can be broken down and discussed with with the work you're doing on a a daily basis right and so to start kind of how this thing kicked off right this week is is obviously i'm following i'm reviewing your rankings on a on a weekly basis seeing where you got these teams but for the first time i actually had multiple people texting me this week and say yo king we know what kelly's doing with his ratings but we're a little bit confused on where some of these teams lie and how he's getting to where he's at And so the goal of the discussion tonight is is to hopefully dive in that a little bit. I've got some differing opinions on it. I mentioned one, Ohio State said the number one. But there's a few things that I want to discuss with you, and I'm not here to to really debate you on these numbers. I I said I got a different opinion, but what you're presenting is based on data collection. It's based on your model. It's based on a fact. And, And the argument that I'm going to be presenting tonight is obviously very, very subjective. And the analogy that can be made here, Kelly, is, is I'm walking into a gunfight with a knife because I don't have a model. I don't have those, those, those things to back up. And guys, we're going to be honest right now. There's never going to be a camera model, right? Got the time. I don't got the smarts to dedicate myself into that. So my subjective point of view is going to be what we're rolling with here. And, and ultimately tonight, Kelly, like I said, I want to give the listeners a little bit more peek inside into why you have these teams rated and ultimately debate you a little bit on them. So we can start right away. Ohio State. So my comments on Ohio State, Kelly, I don't necessarily have a problem with them being number one, but the jump and the movement that Ohio State has made in your rankings over the last four weeks is a little bit confusing to me. And but what I what I mean with that is, is right, you started Ohio State as your number two team in the season and you had them there for the first two weeks of the year. After week two, they dropped back to number four. You had them three spots behind Georgia. They jump FSU and Alabama this week, rightfully so. But how do they jump Georgia when Georgia still has a 10-point win at home, atrocious first half, rightfully so? How does Ohio State get that much of a jump? Because Georgia is still the number one team, in my opinion.
0: So it was the the Western Kentucky game, King, most recently, that, that provided the most movement here. Ohio State actually fell in the power ratings after the win at Youngstown. It was after Western Kentucky they went up. But let me, before I get into it, Let me just start with the model is pretty good. Like I I enjoy doing it and it gives me a lens through which I can objectively to the best of my ability view every single team in college football, the conference races, the national championship race, all those things. But I am always quick to say the numbers don't tell the full story. The k Ford ratings don't tell the full story. Any composites out there that you're looking at don't tell the full story. Brian, um, Brian from O, who we had on the podcast last week, FEI. Bill Connolly, SP+, the best the gold standard metric out there, they don't tell the full story. It takes both kinds, King. It takes the model and the numbers, and it takes what you're talking about with subjective fan viewpoint, understanding the game, just getting a feel for it, and it takes the coaching, the schemes, the X's, the O's, how does everything fit together. It takes all of that to have a truly well-rounded view of any given team on any given week and any given year, and even with that, King, we're still talking about 18 to 22 year olds playing with an oblong right. ball and you know it's a bounce here, a bounce there, a missed field goal, a holding penalty, whatever it is, a drop, all that can still factor in and will factor in. Let me let me talk about Ohio State here for a second, because you're saying the movement's confusing you. King, what if I told you that Ohio State is power rated worse today, right now, going into week four from a rating standpoint? than they were in the preseason. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised for you to hear that, to say that. That's the truth. Yeah. Right now, Ohio State has a power rating of 27.3. When this season started, it was 28.3, and they were the number two team in the country. So, King, what that's telling me right off the top, before I look at any other team, is the best teams in the country this year are not the dominant breakaway leaders that we've seen at the top of this sport for the last decade. So that is just an overarching comment about Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma, USC, Penn state, Florida state, Washington, LSU, you name it. There is not a dominant team this year. There's not a dominant group of teams that we've seen like years past. So Ohio state's power ratings worse. Yes, their are power ranking, if you will, the ordinal rank that corresponds to the rating is better. But King, it very much has to do with the other teams and how they are performing relative to the preseason expectations that the model had for them as it is Ohio State. So yes, they're down in terms of their power rating. Their offense is down from number one in the preseason to now number four. They're behind three Pac-12 teams. I have USC, Oregon, and Washington, one, two, three. Their defense is better. King, this defense is better than I had projected. I had them number 13 in the preseason. They're now up to number five. There's actually four top five defenses in in the country residing in the Big Ten. I've got Iowa, I've got Michigan, I've got Penn State, I've got Ohio State, all in the top five to go along with Georgia. So that's interesting. But King, to me, it was after the Indiana game, they get downgraded. After the Youngstown game, they get downgraded. When you're up, what was the score at halftime? It was like 42 to seven or 42 to 10 or something. When you're up by that many points against a team that I had power rated at the time, number 69, the model's gonna be impressed. Basically, King, the way to, to 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 dumb it all the way down and to oversimplify it. If you come out and put a game out of reach, really, regardless of the opponent you're facing, but the better the opponent, the the more credit you're going to get, of course. If you put a game out of reach by halftime, the model's going to think really, really highly of that and view it very positively because you basically now have an entire second half of garbage time, essentially. And so, when you're able to do that to teams, it's going to react. It doesn't hurt Ohio State that the other teams that I had above them this past week, Georgia, really struggled to put away a South Carolina team that, again, is better than Western Kentucky, but they struggled to put them away and really didn't until very late in the game. Alabama, for the second consecutive week, performing well under the model's expectation. That was another team that was ahead of them. Florida State, that was the other team that was ahead of them last week, King. They almost lost to Boston College, a very, very you know below average power five, uh, FBS team. They're a terrible Power 5 team in the model standpoint. So when we think about Ohio State, and where they're standing right now, it's almost like King. Who else are we going to put there? And I, I get, I get what you're saying about Georgia. And and, and I'm not going to quarrel with that. I have Georgia and Ohio State within two points of each other. That you know, it's less than a field goal spread. Oh, if you want to say Ohio State or Georgia number one, I won't argue with you on that. As I'm fading out, phasing out preseason projections, and I'm replacing with the in-season data, and we're seeing how these teams are evolving week after week. That's how I've gotten to where I am. We're going to know a lot more about Ohio State after this weekend. And so we will see if a number one power rating is merited after they go to South Bend and take on the Irish. But for now, that's how we got to where we are. And again, if you want to say they're number two, I won't argue with that. If you drop them any lower than that, I, I'm going to say, you know, who are you putting up there? I, I got Oklahoma at three. You want to put USC up there? I have number four. Uh, but USC hadn't played anybody either. They ain't played nobody, Paul. That's one of my favorite things to say now. I absolutely love it. So. <laughs> Again, the power rating accounts for who you're playing for, but that's where I am with Ohio State. I know there's some other teams, so I just wanted to set the stage with all that context for the for the first team we talked about. No, and,
1: and that makes sense, Kelly, right? Because I mean, the way I'm looking at this is there. Your question to me yesterday on Twitter is there a team that you'd put fire number one thus far this season? The answer to that that I give to that is is no, I haven't.
0: But Which it, is awesome. We haven't you, uh, seen that. In agreed, I agreed,
1: love it. Agreed. It is so much more fun that you don't have these two, three teams that you know are just so much better than everybody else that we've had the past five years. It brings a completely new dynamic to the college football season, and it is making it a lot more fun because I'm looking at Georgia and Ohio State side by side. And they both have had their fair share of trouble. I mean, you look at Georgia, mm-hmm. the first two games, they absolutely dominated. And there is no mm-hmm. denying they struggled in that first half versus South Carolina. They still ended up about gaining about by 180 yards. They moved the ball consistently. The problem with Georgia right now is not being able to punch it in the end zone. And that defense, mm-hmm. maybe the defensive line, maybe not quite as good. They don't have quite the talent that they've had these last few years. But this is a team that still only let up 24 points on the season. And yes, Ohio State, last two weeks they rolled. And that offense performance with Western Kentucky, elite. And one thing I will say about Ohio State's defense thus far, which we will cover later when we cover this game, I've been very impressed with how they have looked to improve this season and last season. But if you look at that game and you punish Georgia a little bit for the South Carolina game, rightfully so, and you said you did punish Ohio State after the week one game in Indiana because we got to be transparent about that as well. Kyle McCord and that offense were pretty bad in that first half. On the road, it's a Big Ten conference game. That's their only legitimate opponent. So, yes, they've warranted that. They've warranted being right up there in that conversation. But just like Georgia, they've had your struggles, and you're willing to openly admit that. You say that there's not really a clear – you know, one, two between them and Georgia right now. So the argument that you made and all of your, all of our friends that we've had on Ryan, some of these other guys, I saw Josh paid today. A lot of people do have Ohio state as number one in their rating, right? So clearly, Bill and Brian
0: do too. So that's something to look yeah, at too. So, they both, they so like I said,
1: too. so there you go. There's a lot of people in the community. I'm not ready to put them over Georgia, but that's my quarrel there. And so moving on to my next one, man, I, I want to know how Alabama is still sitting at number five because I, know. That is another puzzling one to me because at the beginning of the season, you look at Bama and they're look to be a very, very complete team, or they look to improve from last season and they're just looking to get that next step in the quarterback play. I can't say that we've seen that thus far this year. And I saw a lot of damning offensive line stats this morning on this team. They're 53rd in rushing success, 87th in rush yards after contact, 122nd nationally allowing pressure rate. For a team that has no quarterback right now, and we've seen they've got a good front seven, but they are very vulnerable to explosive plays in that secondary. When quarterbacks are able to move out of the pocket and get some time, that secondary has broken down. I don't know how we still have Alabama sitting at number five, especially after USF moved the ball pretty consistently against them last weekend. Yes, they won 17-3, but they allowed almost 200 yards on the ground, and USF had some success on offense. So number five to me for Alabama still seems high at the moment.
0: I'm gonna say something I've literally never said, King, uh, about Alabama since I've been doing the power ratings. I wrote about it uh, for the lines. I've talked about it, or I will talk about it on another podcast too. We'll talk about it later today on this one. Alabama, for the first time that I've been doing this, is an outlier, King. Okay, and they're an outlier. They're an outlier in the negative direction. I am used to Alabama being a team that my model looks at and just can't get a grasp of, dang, how good is this team? How dominant is this team relative to the rest of the field? I got them power-rated with a 32. They're probably a 35. Like That's how much better they are. The model can't keep up with how good Alabama is. Right now, the model can't downgrade Alabama fast enough. And here's the reason why, King. I still have a significant weight uh, in the in the model, in the formula, after week three of preseason data and Alabama's preseason data is going to be as strong as anybody's. It's up there with Georgia and Ohio State, and that's it. Like Those three teams, they have the best preseason data because you're looking at your recent K-Ford ratings, which Alabama's been a 99-plus for almost a decade. You're looking at their recent recruiting. Alabama's always going to be in that top two or three, and you're looking at returning production, which Alabama, year in and year out, struggles to bring back um, the most returning production because they just have so much turnover, but we see them replace that talent that goes out the door with just the next five-star, the next playmaker. And so... Right now, Alabama, I am not happy with where they are either. They are where they are because of preseason data and because of what we saw in week one, a really, really strong week one performance, 56-7 to win against Middle Tennessee. They look good. They ascended to number one in my power ratings after that week, and it's been a free fall since then. They are now, King, down seven points. In just two weeks. That's a long way to fall. And they will continue to fall farther unless they turn things around in a significant manner here against Ole Miss. A really good opponent this weekend at home in Ole Miss. We're going to learn a lot about Alabama this weekend, too. Um, and a game we're a game we're gonna talk about on the show. But to me, or th- that's why. That's not to me. That is why Alabama is where they are. They are an outlier in the negative direction. But they're teetering um, right there on that. They're teetering. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're go yeah. they're going the wrong way. And yeah. every single week, if they continue to play as they're playing they will continue to fall even if they if they play exactly how they've played they will continue to fall because the level at which they are playing right now is far below the level that the model expects them to play and so as the preseason data goes away and the in-season data comes in and that continues to happen week over week as we go throughout the season more and more and more alabama will sink and sink and sink and so that is coming king this is by my numbers and this is one of the reasons i love having historical power ratings um that i completed a couple summers ago did a revamp this past summer with some minor tweaks this is the worst alabama team we've seen by my power rating since 2010 So it's been over a decade since we've seen an Alabama team with this many deficiencies. And, King, I honestly can't remember the last time Nick Saban had this level of – I don't want to be too critical of college kids – this level of quarterback play, meaning we've seen seen excellent quarterback play coming out of of Alabama for a long time. Right now it is not excellent. And so I don't know. I can't even think as I'm going through this like (laughs) – I mean, Jake Coker won a national championship there. Like, I, like I don't Jim's know. got how him to a
1: national championship.
0: Right? I mean, yeah, yeah in, 20, in 2014. Yeah. So yeah. W- where are we going back to? I mean, are we going back to like, you know, John Parker Wilson, like in 2007, I think it was. Like, that's, I, that was the same as first year there. And so it's been a long time since Alabama has had this level of quarterback play. And unless they get that figured out, Right now, this weekend against Ole Miss, it's going to continue to get worse. So again, no quarrels with Alabama. I understand they're an outlier. I'm looking right now. Uh, Brian Fremeau has them number six. Bill Connolly has them number six. So I'm not way you're out right. left yeah, field yeah, on this right. one. The, but yes. but I think they would probably say the same thing too. Is they need to pick it up. They being Alabama, or they're going to keep falling and they're going to fall faster and faster every week. Okay,
1: makes sense. As long as you, know, in which I'm not doubting at all that this is exactly. You gave me a very logical. Well thought out, well represented answer there where Alabama is starting to trend in the negative direction. And I would anticipate you were starting to see that five still seems high. But again, yep. they throw up another dud against Ole Miss this weekend and they're probably dropping pretty significantly at that point. So yep. two more teams that I just want to ask some questions about. One is a team that's actually rising that I don't think they are high enough in the ranking and that's Washington. They've slid all the way up to number 10. And just doing some basic research today i'm curious what's holding them back from being more so in that six to eight ranges which is where i expect the huskies at this point i'm just looking at the defense right we know how good the washington offense is pennix has been absolutely spectacular this year sub 60 right now i'm seeing nationally in both rushing and passing defense for washington but i'm looking at two teams ahead of them lsu and fsu both teams who have played one another. I'm seeing them right in that same ballpark, sub sixty defenses with both. I'm not sure if I'm missing something there, but it looks like there's not really much of a gap between the Washington, LSU, and Florida State defenses. However, Washington's offense, in my opinion, is a step up—not a not not a massive step up—but with what we've seen so far, I still think you got to put Washington a little bit higher. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so I have Washington number nine this week. They're up five spots. They're up nearly two points in the power ratings. Um, Washington, for me, King. Florida state's number seven with a 21.0 Washington's number nine with a 20.5. So they are half a football point per game away from being number seven. So it's very, very close that they're almost up to number seven. I don't know if that makes you feel better. It does well make me feel seven. better. I mean, if, yeah. If, if they, I guess I should probably take
1: a look at the ratings a little bit more closely. Kelly, that's probably the hand up. That's probably where I missed a little bit there.
0: No, no, you're good. I mean, that's what, that's what most people do though. They look at that ranking and they say, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem right. And I always say, Look to that. Look to the right. Look at that rating. What's the difference between the ratings? Because you could have teams separated by five spots. But if it's half of a football point, I mean, that's nothing. I'm not going to argue if you want to put one above the other within that with that grouping. So as I look at Washington King, this is a team that my model has been very, very impressed with. So if we're looking at the season movers since the preseason, Washington's up 7.6 points. King, that's number five nationally in the entire country. Only Oklahoma, Colorado, Texas State, Syracuse. Are above Washington in terms of who has improved the most in the power ratings since the preseason. So, I am the model is loving what it's seeing from Washington, a team that started number 17. They're up to number nine. This defense, I knew the defense was going to be good. I had them number seven coming into the year. I didn't know how good they'd be, King. I got them number three right now. That Pac 12 is just crazy with the quarterbacks, and it's only going to get better as Cam Rising comes back and Utah gets going. Um, but it's the defense. That defense has been awesome. I had them power rated number 50 coming into the year. They are now all the way up to number 23. I have been very, very impressed with this Washington team, King. They are a team that's on the rise. And for the same reasons that Alabama is being kind of buoyed to the top with their preseason, I'm, I'm not saying that the preseason's holding that weight is holding Washington down. It's not. They were number 17 coming into the year. But when you're playing at the level of, you know, potentially a top five team, Yeah, when you still have a significant weight that's saying you're the number 17 team, that is going to hold you back a little bit. So much like I talked about Alabama, if Alabama keeps playing at that consistent level that they're playing, they're going to drop, drop, drop. If Washington keeps playing at this level that they're playing, they're going to rise, rise, rise. And we're going to see that. uh, I'm looking, Brian has them number three. Bill has them number... eight right now. So I am a little bit lower. I got number nine. So I guess I am just a little bit lower than those guys on those. Brian's got them probably closer where they should be at number three, but I'm looking at the schedule King. They got Cal at home this week. They go on the road to Arizona next week. Then they get a buy. This team, by the time preseason is phased out by then, I'm expecting this team to keep rolling, especially against those opponents. That game at home against Oregon, oh boy, in week seven, that's going to be a fun one. And I have no idea what the model's going to say. It's viewing those two teams very similarly right now. I'm excited for that one already. That's going to be a great, great Pac-12 game, or I should I say a Big Ten game, uh, which <laughs> makes me want to th- puke. But anyway, I'm enjoying it for this year. Washington's a team that's rising, King. Don't you worry. If they keep playing this way, they're going to find themselves right up there at the top
1: definitely and again i probably should have taken a look at the the, the number next to it right so we're going to oh, close man. we're going to close with this because then i know we got to get our guests in here and we got to get things rolling here shortly so last one man and i'm just looking for justification on this because this is again <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense the biggest probably down i don't you're going to tell me who is the biggest mover in the wrong direction but michigan going dropping all the way down to number 14 and again i saw you and ryan cfb unlimited uh going back and forth on this a lot of people don't like Michigan so far, and I'm and I'm struggling to see this, how they are dropping as far as they are, right? Because you look at this, they haven't played anybody good so far, but they've won almost every game by 30 points. I'm assuming the offense is what has you dropping them right now, but this is still a top-five defense. They've only allowed, I think, less than 20 points on the season thus far. And, I mean, if you look at how Michigan's built – is this a team that's really going to go out, score 40, 50 points a game? No, they're great. This is a slow it down, time of possession, grind it down. They haven't had the run game going the way they wanted to. They've had flashes on offense. But for them to have the drop that they've had when they really have dominated three straight games, I'm still a little bit confused on how you got them all the way down at 14 now.
0: So here's the deal with Michigan. They have not done anything, quote, wrong. Uh, it's a team that, like you said, they've only given up, as I counted up, 16 points through three games. Now, granted, they haven't played anybody, Paul. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green all at home, that's nothing to to write about. But they haven't done anything wrong in these games. The problem for Michigan is that when you come into the year power rated number four, there's a level of expectation that the model has that you're going to put these teams away, that you're going to be separated and into garbage time early in the second half. Michigan has failed to dominate. And to, and you can say, well, Kelly, so are these other teams? And you're right to an extent, but Michigan has done it consistently every single week. Michigan has failed thirty to a point win interval. versus their
1: opponents is not considered dominant in 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 your in your model.
0: No, and and here's a a great way to frame that up, King. I post this every single week. What's your record, like your record achievement? What what have you done against the schedule that the average top 25 team would be expected to do, like relative to that? And then also the scoring margin. So Michigan has so far put together a uh, 3-0 record against these three opponents. There's a 90% chance that the average top 25 FPS team would be 3-0 against Michigan's schedule. But here's the more damning thing for Michigan. Michigan's relative scoring margin. So basically, how much are you outscoring your opponents relative to what the average top 25 SBS team would be expected to outscore these opponents, Michigan is negative 0.3 points per game. So that means on average, Michigan is failing to outscore its opponents that it's facing by the margin that the average top 25 team would be expected to outscore its opponents. And surprise, surprise, Michigan comes in this week at number 14, right around what the average FBS or FBS team would be. So that's the problem for Michigan. They haven't done anything wrong. But they haven't done anything really right either, King. They're doing the bare minimum to kind of just pass. They're like, okay, yep, Michigan passed. They passed. But when you're the number four team in the model's eyes, quote, passing isn't good enough. That You're going to fall. You're going to drop. And to your point, the defense is great. I have them number two. The offense is down. I had them preseason top 10. They're now down to number 13. And you can say, well, wait a minute, Kelly. You have their offense 13, their defense number two. How are they overall number 14? Well, part of the problem is I'm giving you the offensive and defensive unit ranks. I'm not giving you the ratings. And there are many, many teams that are very closely stacked within there. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm giving those ratings out just yet, maybe soon. Um, But that's part of it. So you can have both of your unit ranks above where you are power rated overall or below where you are power rated overall because of how the ratings of those come into play. And again, rating versus ranking. I hate to make it about semantics, but it's very, very important. So that's the deal with Michigan. Hey, I, I even tweeted about it. It's one of the kind of you know the the low key storylines for me early in this season. That's what Ryan responded to was Michigan's falling. I'm not worried about Michigan. Like I, I'm personally not. Jim Harbaugh's coming back. They're going to get things sorted out. I expect them now that Big Ten play is here to become that more dominant, physical, just assert your will type of team that we've seen win the Big Ten each of the last two years and go to the playoff. But to this point, what the model has seen is not good enough for a team that we expect to be an elite team in college football. And as their preseason component starts to be phased out and they're replacing it with in-season data, which has not been up to that level, they are falling. And so they're not too far behind. If we look at their power rating, it's an 18.5. King, they are two points away, exactly two points away from being Washington at number nine. They are four points away from being USC at number four. Like if they're four points better in the model, which that sounds like a lot, but last week we had our biggest riser with South Alabama, they went up five points. If they have a dominant performance, this week against Rutgers and they just blow the doors off them and it's game over by the middle second quarter, they could be my number five team in the power ratings next week. So it's not like there's this massive gap, but I haven't seen it. And we need to see it from a team that you expect to be elite.
1: Makes sense, man. And I think this was a very, very good back and forth discussion we had here, Kelly. You're so good at defending the numbers, man. You're just used to getting, you're used to catching it from all angles at this point. But I gotta say man we talked a little bit badly about a couple teams tonight maybe some fan bases not too happy michigan alabama so what do you do when you're upset about things like that you got to go find something make yourself feel a little bit better so why not go get yourself some new college apparel for your team that's right sponsor of the variety sports network home field apparel premium vintage college athletic apparel 15 percent off using code variety sports for first-time buyers again that is code VARIETY SPORTS, 15% off for first time buyers. For those fan bases out there that we may have upset, upset tonight, go get yourself some new gear. Promise it'll make you feel a little bit better, get you in the right mindset heading into the weekend to watch your team. Hopefully, maybe next week, Kelly will be saying some different things about these teams.